0: Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod.
1: Welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod, brought to you by our friends at Guinness. We've got another live show coming up with them in Flatiron Square in London on Thursday night. The venue's been expanded for that one, and there are a few more tickets available now, so just check out the Flatiron Square website or the Rugby Pod social media channels if you fancy coming along.
2: Get it? No. No. No, me neither. no. <laughs> me neither, me neither, me neither. But there's more tickets, of course, there is. You're welcome. We've
1: upset the fish cart a bit this week, haven't we, Jim? No, no weird fish,
0: he's off off the fish cart.
2: Well, get
0: it? You get that, Jim, do you? No, I don't. Upset the fish cart, and the weird fish has gone to France. You've kicked him out of the, of the podcast for the week.
2: I've seen it all on social media. He's gone to Normandy, so it's more of a historic... Vacation,
3: yes, he was steaming at the live show. I thought we'd left him in Dublin until I saw his uh, saw his Instagram.
2: He's
0: a weird book, right? Yeah, he is strange. Strange.
1: (laughs) So, I'm producer Tim, and I'm standing in again this week. And Goody and Jim, as you've heard, are with me, and as you've also heard, Ulster and Ireland's Darren Cave. Ulster and ex island
3: I was just (laughs) looking at the run sheet (laughs) thinking it doesn't say former and international. You haven't retired yet, Joe. My phone's on, pal. I'm available for this weekend.
2: You know, coming on this podcast, you have completely fucked yourself now. That's it. Yeah,
3: There's... it was good fun, though, wasn't it? Yeah, very true. <laughs> very true. But, uh, you know, call me KV. Okay, KV. Um a bit nervous about the pod, though, this week. Why? Number one every week. You're welcome. There's big There's big pressure on now. Anything you want to break? No, just everybody share like folk so that uh, I get invited back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were all in Dublin, weren't we? All four of
1: us, and there was someone else there who, was... who came oh, to see us live in show
3: in
0: Dublin last week. I have never seen a man wilt like Jim Hamilton wilted when Big Devon Toner walked into the building. You were in your chair, you were giving it loads, giving it full beans.
2: Next thing, Rocky tune comes on. Yep.
0: (laughs) 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 Big Dev walks in.
2: I knew it. I knew knew as soon as that song went on and I saw this bold eagle walking through and people, they were shocked.
0: They were. That we were in the presence of a true legend. Devon Toner, Grand Slam winner. Six Nations winner. And he was shaking champion. like a leaf. And, and he, he was shaking in. like a leaf. No, 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 no. He comes in and you're in your chair. What did you do? Well, I've been
2: teed up an absolute beaut, haven't I? Oh, what happened between you and Big Dev? And do, like, it's You've gone around this thing where basically... You've been telling everyone you killed him. I filled him, him in <laughs> him <laughs> to the point now where I killed a man and his name was Dev on a rugby pitch not so long ago. And he comes in. And I was just respectful. didn't stand up. I didn't stand for him. Yeah, he did. I you, didn't you shake his hand. You
0: stood about in your chair. Oh, did I? You shook his hand and you said, "Devon, why don't you have my seats? You absolute lettuce. <laughs> absolute <laughs> Jim lettuce. Jim the wet
2: lettuce. <laughs> uh, I was being respectable
0: to a guy who is now... Respectable or respectful?
2: Respe- respectable. Both? Yeah. yeah, both. Respectable. I was being receptive to a man who has now gone on to do good things now his nemesis is retired.
0: I, I think it's the other way around. I think... Um that he was your nemesis.
3: You guys seem to be getting on quite well, and then somebody said something from the crowd, uh, the crowd and said, oh, did you, did you not call him the human sperm?
2: And I said, no, I called him the pregnant snake. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't like that. I'm not surprised.
3: <laughs> your friends?
2: Has he followed you on Twitter yet? He followed me first.
3: Well, mate, Sam.
2: He followed me first, and he tweeted me. He messaged me straight after and said, mate, sorry, I was, I'm going to read it out. <laughs> Look,
0: I, I guarantee this is a Jack and Ori <laughs> Jim story. It's probably a lie.
2: Hi, big Jim. Thanks for having me on the number one podcast. Sorry, I was, a, I was a, a tad nervous when I sat down. I was in the presence of greatness. It was also good to see Goody and Katie as well. <laughs> I says, oh, no worries at all. Thanks for coming on. I said, you really added to the show being in Ireland. Not at all, Jim. Thanks for having me. Was a bit of a crack. I can see why they're such a sellout. You're doing a class job and hanging on for Goody as well. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said.
1: Any, uh, any update on your legal situation as well, Jim? When we were in Dublin, you were being hounded by journalists? I was. When you
2: lawyers? Yeah, I was. I mean, guilty as fucking charged, do you know what I mean? Like, what can I say? It's almost turned into a bit of an embarrassment for the people that have broke the news, hasn't it? It's well, like, you broke the news, oh wow, now it's kind of gone full circle, hasn't it? It's like, we've broke this ter- terrible news about Saracens, when actually, now, it looks as if Saracens and Nigel Ray have increased themselves into legendary status by actually caring for their players Looking after their players and putting out a statement of all statements that even included my name again.
0: Thank you. I haven't read his statement yet, but we saw him at uh, we were at a lunch on Friday as well, weren't we? Well, I saw him there, spoke to him, and he he said, well, "I don't understand what's wrong with it." You know, it's not under the salary cap that says you can't invest with a player and help him out in future life, and and that's that was my point when I wrote my piece for Rugby Pass. What is the point of the salary cap? Because so much gray, so many gray areas there. You know, it's actually it's put Saracens and Nigel Ray and what he's doing for the players and etc cetera, et cetera in a good light that's why I tweeted after Manu's game at the weekend I know it was only against Italy but Manu played well there's this big debate at the minute whether he's going to Racing and signing for them and going to play in France ending his England career potentially I tweeted Simon Cohen I'm like get into business with him buy my house it's fine that's what you do
1: before we get into the Six Nations uh, Sir Bill Beaumont's having his big meeting on Thursday of this week um, and a few more details have, have come out about the Nations Championship have you guys heard any more about it since last week had any more thoughts
0: that's a bit of a fallout, isn't there, with um, the LNR and Premiership Rugby, because there was the San Francisco agreement, wasn't there? Read that, did
2: not know what it was. San Francisco <laughs> sounds Me cool do. as anything.
0: And obviously, I think now uh, Premiership Rugby have, have come out with their friends, the LNR, and have said, well, this changes what we have signed up to and agreed, and there's now going to be more international games, which wasn't part of the agreement, etc., etc. So who knows, is the answer. There's loads to be debated, loads to be discussed. I'm not all for it, to be honest, because the World Cup is the showpiece, isn't it? It's just you know, devaluing how special the World Cup is, and the World Cup. You know, let's be honest, hasn't been going on for that long. You compare it to the football World Cup or things like that. The rugby World Cup. Well, the first one was eighty-seven. Yep. yep. You know, there, there hasn't been that many. So well,
2: rugby's in its nuance. Is that a name? Is that what? Is isn't that not? A,
0: nuance isn't the
2: right word. Damn. Embryonic Infancy. stage. Infancy. That's the one. Infantry. That was the one.
3: Inventory. Inventory. Uh, the thing, you know, what I find, I don't get about it, right? So, if these are solutions, I'm not sure what the problem is. Yeah, that's that's what I would like to know. Small. Is it just they want to create more revenue? I don't know what this is the solution to. Yeah, what is wrong? Cynic, with...
2: cynic, reverse engineer, and he's a cynic. I don't
3: know why. <laughs> James
2: is making words up. Mate, just I'm just throw thinking words of in like everywhere. What
3: are, what are we? What are we trying to solve? Yeah, it... one of the biggest problems in the game I see is player welfare. So why are we making more games?
0: no ear real KV yeah I think my, my my take on it is you look at rugby now and you can say, say you compare rugby to football as an England football fan or wh- whoever you support in terms of internationally you get excited about the World Cup and you get excited about the European Championships they're every four years each one but it's it's every two years you've got a major competition there and they've bought in the football have bought in some league system as well haven't they Yep. to get, get rid of the friendlies I don't even know what that's called who's interested in that absolutely no one rugby Six Nations yearly, rugby championship yearly, World Cup every four years. And
3: it's oh, not like in between the four years you're stuffed. You know, you get summer tours, but ever like the lands is very different to the World Cup. Yeah. But it's the similar sort of excitement, isn't there? Like yeah. there's buzz and that leads from the Six Nations who's gonna play, who's not gonna play. And um so it's not like we're sort of sitting going like, Oh, there's no good rugby matches on yeah. and the idea of getting rid of friendlies. I mean, they're not friendlies, are they?
2: Yeah. It's so confusing. Just get your boots on, get out there, (laughs) shave your head. Get your your boots on your hands. (laughs) Get out in the pitch, scream a few obscenities. That's a word, isn't it? Obscenities, yes. yes. Well done, Jim. Get out there and then just unleash hell and then come back in, win, lose or draw, keep it under 50, you are on the beer. I just don't get what, it's like the Da Vinci Code. And then all of a sudden there's all these meetings and Bill, you followed me a couple of weeks on Twitter. If you want it sorted out, you know where to come, mate. Jim Hamilton for tweet me, direct message me, and I'll be
0: there, and I'll sort the old boys out. Yeah, mate, we'll sit in a room with our tops off with a keg <laughs> of beer in the middle and see where it goes. That's it, well, mate, Can everything you imagine? Gets sorted.
2: Everything gets sorted like it that, does doesn't scraps it?
0: Scraps the lot. Yeah.
2: You know, everything gets said. You have a couple of pints, you know, two or three pints of Guinness. It will soon get sorted. So, Bill,
1: the offer's there. It is. In the meantime, let's talk about a tournament that people definitely do care about. Six Nations this weekend. Murrayfield Jim. What happened? Oh, mate, what do you mean what happened? Listen to these
0: excuses now. Here we go. We got players injured. Scotland, last year, they were the best team in the world. They put 100 points on it. Do you remember all this chat? Goody,
2: mate. Here we go. Look, I I said, uh, I knew you were going to be like this.
0: Yes. (laughs) I knew it. Because this is our time, Jim. I knew it. Payback.
2: Mate, you're asking Eddie Chicken if he's okay Korma, mate. the whole Chicken
0: Cormorant is coming back to bite you.
2: Right, well, I don't even eat that stuff anyway, that's why I look so good and you don't. But, ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, you know what? So I watched the game live, took the family there, the kids fell asleep in the first half. <laughs> Second half, the screaming Scotland. So there you go. So it shows what happened in that game. First half was rubbish. Wales didn't have to do anything for their tries, really, to be honest with you. Defended well. Second half, Scotland looked good. I don't know. Loads of injuries. You know, Hastings comes on and he's fantastic. So there's question marks whether, you know, should he he have come on earlier? McGuigan did well. I mean, Seymour went off what looked like he popped his rib. Darcy Graham, how good he, by the way? He came off injured. It's literally
0: one thing after another. Are you saying, and you've got your Scotland jersey with you, there's a chance you're getting picked this weekend you're in that bad a state?
2: No, mate, absolutely no. After my week, I don't know. I think I'm I'm I've been with Goody for two days and I'm struggling to walk up the stairs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I've eaten, I've lived like Andy Goode for two days and I am absolutely dying today. You know, from a Scottish perspective, bit of an anticlimax, if I'm honest.
1: They had a lot of possession in that second half and they chose to kick to the corner. Take the Quite three. That,
2: Take the three. What are you doing? That was my point. And that's what I don't know, some stat came out. I don't know whether it was a true stat. I think it's how many, how many more tries have they scored? One in the last four, four years. years. So one, and if that's true, I don't know if it's true because I don't look through the archives. Nor do I want to look through the archives. I, w- I wouldn't, Jim, if I was you. No.
1: When was your last game for Scotland, Jim? Italy. Four,
2: until, years yeah. four years ago. Four years ago.
0: Malled them until the cows came home, didn't you? Guilty. To the cow sheds and back.
2: Guilty as charged. And I'm disappointed with the Scottish back. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Because... It's no slight on Danny Wilson who's come in, right? Because there's a, loads of different issues with injuries. Dan McFarlane, when he, he was in charge of that Scotland, Scotland pack, they were brilliant. Now they just seem to have gone back. There's a few reasons behind that. Johnny Gray's been injured the whole time as well. He's had, he's nursing a shoulder injury. Bat Row's completely different. Barclay's injured. Ryan Wilson's now injured. How much they're missing those two. They're Massive. quality key players. Aren't if, you, if you're talking frankly, you, you have to make excuses. Because Scotland aren't blessed. I looked at the England team of the weekend, I'm looking at the players I've got, I was like, it's actually, it is ridiculous how good players England have got. So you're English again now, are Till I die. <laughs> <laughs> so, when, you're pick,
3: when you're picking from two teams, though, like it's always going to be the way. And I, not to throw Jim a bone too much, like Scotland have flipped the half. It's been real disappointing, Six Nations. For embarrassing, them, but, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but, say, yeah, but... They are missing players so, so badly. Um, like, even you're chatting about the forwards. I'm thinking of Hugh Jones, Stuart Hogg. They're missing. Uh, Finn Russell missed the last game. You know, Scotland, they don't have depth. To, uh, not a lot of countries do to take... How many players have we listed there in total? Seven, eight player. You can't take seven or eight good, like a couple of world class players there out of your team and still beat um, like strong Wales teams, good Ireland teams.
2: And you look at it though; they didn't take the points. Greg Laidlaw got dropped for the game. They picked Ali Price again. No slant on Ali Price. They didn't. They put no tempo into the game in that first half whatsoever. What other team goes into the Six Nations? They have a bit of a torrid time. Drop your captain. It, it's just all a little bit. I. Genuinely thought Scotland would have a good chance at six nations, but they 've got a game at the weekend, and if they win that, none of this matters. <laughs> none of this matters <laughs> whatsoever if james if you 're saying if like you've got a chance we we'll, we 'll get on to
1: the Calcutta Cup uh, in a, in a little bit, but for the moment, Wales they 've only scored nine tries in this tournament so far, which is the same as Italy and, and France. their defense
2: yeah, our Calcutta. defense is great I mean Mate, uh, I know, oh, know we 've not scored many you're Welsh
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, listen! They're, they're they're ferocious. They're you. You look at back over time, over however long you go back. Wales, their games aren't ever free-flowing, fast-paced rugby that you see. in amazing offloads, and it's a war every game they're playing. You know they're not winning. They're on this amazing run. They're not winning them comfortably. They are a very tough nut to crack. They're very well organized. They've got an unbelievable defense coach in Sean Edwards.
2: They've got big game players. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Like, and I know all the stuff's going on with the Welsh regions, and you look at it, and again, I've commentated on a few of the games the performances that they rise to for wales especially when they're at home is you know what i mean I do, they just pull it out of the bag when yeah, they need they to
0: i like warren gatlin said after round one didn't he He said this team have forgotten how to lose sports about winning that's the bottom line it's not about necessarily oh yeah we played really well but we lost it, no one wants that fair play to warren gatlin sean edwards all the Wales players because you know it's going to be one hell of a ding dong in uh in Cardiff on Saturday. I can't wait to head out with them.
1: Speaking of Scotland against Wales at the weekend, we've got a guy on the phone who would have uh, loved to have been out there. Injured Wales centre,
2: Scott Williams joins us. How are you? How are you? Are you all right? Mate, we're good. Um, Tim, you should never put injured at the beginning. Nearly fit. How is the body? <laughs> uh, when are you going to be back gracing the rugby fields and
4: basically just running over anyone in your way? Um, yeah, injury's getting better slowly. Um, I had a bulging disc in my back, which is pushing on one of the nerves running down my leg. So a uh, bit of a frustrating injury just um, you know, slow to recover, so probably not looking good for, for the rest of the season, oh, but really? hopefully um, I, I can get back and, and try and make some World Cup training uh, obviously I've selected. Is, is a bit of that
0: about pushing too much tin around in the gym? Because I had that once, I think, as well, but it might not have been the tin, it might have been the chocolate that
4: I was putting down on there. It's probably a bit of wear and tear over the years and uh, I felt I felt to go uh, New Year's um, against Blues and then I played the week after against Worcester which didn't really help and then just got worse from there really just pins and needles down my leg and then couldn't feel my foot so it wasn't great but after a couple of scans it shows that it is the, the disc is shrinking so I suppose that's a good sign.
2: Well, while we're on a kind of down note with your injury and stuff, I know there's been a lot of stuff going on in, in Wales and stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Because we we had Sean Holly on last week, and I know there's still the kind of grey area of what's happening. But as a player that's obviously contracted into that, you know, you're injured, a lot of time on your hands. What are your thoughts surrounding everything that, that's happening there at the minute?
4: Yeah, you know, it was a it was a tough time for a lot of boys last week with everything that was going on. You know, it was a lot of confusion. You know, not really sure. Uh, you know what the truth was and what uh, what the lies were. But um, you know, I'm in contract. I felt more for the boys who, who you know were out of contract and you know weren't sure where their futures lied really. And um, at least now, you know, they've given the go ahead that they can sign boys, and I think that's already started. But um, yeah, it was Monday morning when we'd really found out exactly what was going on. Um, so it was all a bit of a whirlwind and, uh, yeah, like I said, at least uh, it's confirmed now that there's funding for it re- for at least the the next couple of years.
0: Good stuff. And let's uh, let's get away from that down note. Let's move on to more exciting chat. How much is Wales buzzing about the game this weekend? Um, obviously, Warren Gatland, who you've played under many times, um, it's his last ever Six Nations game. As a Grand Slam on the line, Ireland are coming to town. They were the current Grand Slam champions. The place must be absolutely jumping, is it?
4: Yeah, you know, it's going to be bouncing in Cardiff all week. Uh, all the boys, you know, uh, when you go to Cardiff uh, on a test match day, you know the the streets are going to be are going to be full of of fans and supporters, and yeah, the the hype over here at the moment is is uh, huge.
3: Scott, from a Welsh point of view, what is it that you guys um uh, not fear, but what do you think the boys this weekend need to be uh, wary of from 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 the Ireland team? I think just
4: having played against you know the Irish teams quite a bit, and uh, I think you are trying and match them physically you know once once they get their pick and go going and they're, they're on the front foot they're definitely one of the hardest teams to stop and i think if they can match them in that area i think uh, you know wales will have a good chance of winning um their defence is probably the best uh, up there the best in the world at the moment um underneath Sean. and uh, they really pride themselves on their hard work um in that area so um, you know, they'll have a good chance and the stadium's gonna be it's gonna be bouncing so they'll you know they'll feed off that as well and you know I think you know they've got a good chance of doing it but um I'm sure so Ireland will be coming over trying to spoil things.
2: Where where were you watch the game? Were you, you go to the stadium and watch it, were you watch it on T V with your mates? Like are you are you overly bothered? Are you trying to detach yourself away from all that emotion?
4: Uh, I'm watching a game with my mates on the weekend. Um, I was going to go to the stadium and watch, but um, it's not really uh, much of a chance I get to to go and watch it with my mates. You know, uh, maybe have a, a, a pint or two and uh, try and be a bit more relaxed about it. So that's the plan for me the weekend and. Hopefully I'll enjoy it that way. A
0: point or two normally means about ten or twenty for me and Jim, so Yeah, yeah. I won't be holding back. <laughs> <laughs> man.
1: Have you uh have you spoken to any of the guys in, in camp, Scott? What's the I assume the mood is good?
4: Yeah, it's good. Um you know, there are a few boys uh battered and bruised from the weekend, but I serious I said think and yeah, you know, they've come this far and the boys there's a lot of boys in the in the team there that have been in this situation in the last couple of years and they'll know what to do this week and and, you know, how to deal with the pressure. So yeah, I think they're they're excited for the weekend, but they know that you know it's not going to be an easy game at all against Ireland. Uh would probably be disappointed with, you know, maybe some of their performances, but you know, they're still in a chance of, of finishing in the in the top two if they win.
1: That's great. Thanks very much for coming on, Scott. Uh and enjoy the game down the pub with your mates. And good Thank luck with much. the good luck with the return from injury.
4: Thank you very much. Cheers,
1: cheers, boys, cheers, cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Tweet me yeah. where
2: you're going and I'll see you at the pub now on the weekend. Cheers, all right, well, I'll let you know. I'll get you in revs,
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> Good lad. Good lad. Good lad. Yeah, he Good is lad.
3: The, he's the chief reef. He's what? He's the what? The chief reef. Go on. Reefer. And, like, you carry he's, the, he's the ball. He's smoking. Oh, sorry. No, oh. none of that. Oh. None of that. Oh, wow. You ever see when he's, when he's tackling? Oh, the old strip. Shoulder over. and...
0: He's obviously stripped you about three or four times, hasn't he? And you, you're holding, no, you're holding I, back. No, I there. just burrow in at the knees, like...
2: Has he stripped you or not?
3: Rugby or <laughs> any any no not rugby. <laughs> yeah.
2: I saw him. I saw him at a game down at uh, the Ospreys, and I thought he was a prop. I was like, I, I had to double a double take a prop. He's, he's a
0: big boy, but ain't, mate, he's mate his show. legs
2: are massive. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, being injured is tough, isn't it? I mean, and that's why I asked that question. It was a dour question, which isn't normally me but the millions want to hit and I'm a big Welsh fan. Why, so why are you
0: so negative, Jim? You said Wales would finish fifth in the Six Nations. Did he or did but, you not yeah, he not? Yeah, but I,
2: two weeks ago, I've said that I, we are on for the Grand Slam. <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot wait. We're primed. We're poised. Hadley Park's absolutely smoking boys. Warrior on legs. Alan Win joes my best buddy. And Nigel Owens is a friend of mine as well and he's Welsh and I like him. So you're now, you're now Welsh? Yes, I, a little
0: bit Welsh. Right, I, question, honest question. Yeah, go on. Would you rather Wales win the Grand Slam or England win the championship? Wales win the Grand Slam. Horrible, Jim. You right. right. You said they were going to come fifth, mate. You don't even believe that. We'll,
1: we'll get on to round five shortly, but um, game at the weekend, England, Italy. Did we learn anything? No. Apart from big men against little men?
0: No. Cock and a cigar is, is very good. A lot better than I thought. Cock and a singer. I mean, he's holding the ball like it's a squash ball <laughs> for, for anyone else. Ridiculous. Shovels for hands. You didn't say that before, a squash ball. You said like a peanut, that's what you said. (laughs) Or a tennis ball. Anyway, um, yeah, I listen, Manu played well. People are talking now about, oh, you should play Manu at 13 and keep Tio at 12. No, 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 bring Slade back in and you just play Manu and Slade. They chop and change between 13 and 12. Manu looked good and people are like, oh, it was only Italy. But uh, imagine playing against that when he's got his fend out. It's transfer of the ball when he scores his try. Goes to the outside, transfers the ball, gets his other arm out to fend. I mean... There ain't many stopping that, is there?
3: Yeah, he's a, listen. He's a class player, and it's, it's. I'm surprised it's taken him so long. Listen, he's had two or three years of solid injuries, but I'm surprised that it's taken him so long to sort for everyone to sort of buy back into him. You know, he's a British lion. Yeah. he's a fantastic player. Irish, Irish. British, British, and Irish, Irish lion. lion. He's yes, a, <laughs> <laughs> he's a British and Irish lion. Um, he's a fantastic player. Uh, I think he's England's best center. If I was Eddie or Yuka, I'd be putting him in there and then deciding who's going alongside him. And I would prop for me at. There's not much of a decision at the minute It's Slade as well I think Like it doesn't really matter Who's at 12 and 13 They're a good combination They're working well together But he's just so bloody hard to tackle Yeah Per Desposito on the wing, Mr.
2: Desposito, <laughs> the manny, manny, canny, kind of man, I mean, the people. I
3: love him, he had about four misses in the first uh, 15 minutes. And, uh, I mean, he's
2: screaming, Your Man, but who's, yeah. Like the next man shouting, Your Man as well.
0: If you step in, you're tackling too Langy. If you drift off, you're tackling Cock and the Singer. I mean, oh, my how wife. about just drift off and tackle no one?
3: Yeah, and they've got a couple of, uh, one of the backs went off early, and then someone else yeah, came on and went area. off early. And yeah. Uh, like it's just an, like God love
0: them. I mean, did we learn much? You know, we're a big, powerful team, aren't we? Aren't they? We mate. I mean, keep saying we. I'm English, mate. It's I'm English. One week you're Welsh. One week you're Scottish. One week you're Irish. Yeah, but we're all rugby Next players. Next week you're best mates with but, Devon Tony. But, but, but we're again. all rugby players. I mean, Make your mind up. I'm English, till we die. Um, but it's one of them. In that, we were expected to beat Italy. We overpowered them. Um, talk about Italy. If you actually look at their results against England over since Conor O'Shea's taken over, they're getting worse you know, in terms of the points Why horrible? I'm not. Well, I'm I'm not. I'm, I'm just being honest, really. And is it that Italy are getting better, but the other teams have got better at a much faster rate? But that's and, what I and think. And the gap's widened. I desperately hope they beat France this weekend. I think they will. I if, if, they, I. if they lose to France,
3: where's their
0: where's their progress?
3: In terms of wins in a row, it's the most successful Welsh team of all time in Ever. terms of world ranking. World rankings—it's the best Irish team of all time. Last year, Scotland highest world ranking of all time. It's a strong England team. They Got to the top ten, Scotland. Yeah, Scotland were fifteenth last year. It was their best ever. (laughs) Why Uh, England? You're you're more Scottish than Irish. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, like France, France are a world rugby powerhouse. Yes, they're a complete shambles. So I do think it's uh, I do think it's hard for them. And I'm not saying the gap is much is closer, but I do think they're getting better. You mentioned Joe Thock and a singer. Um, How do you say his name properly? Thok a singer. Joe, but it starts... Why is it a fucker?
2: Why is he it's, a Thok. Thonk. Thonk. a singer. God, I never knew that. Do
1: you see him packing down at number eight in the first half?
0: I did. Normal. Uh, well, say normal. I mean... It looks like it, it's bigger than Billy. It's absolutely <laughs> your worst nightmare. What they should have done is stuck him at 10 and Billy at 12. I mean, it's your worst nightmare. Defending 10 and Billy gets off to... What the fuck, is he stood opposite They <laughs> four? You'd be like that. Uh, Ooh, Sergio, Sergio. Thomas O'Allen. Ooh. Sergio, <laughs> come and defend at 10.
2: That's what um, I mean. Look at the players England have got. It's mental when you look that they had 80 points put on them against Scotland last year. What? I mean, that's an absolute embarrassment. It's a travesty. Oh, it's Jim. a travesty. Jim.
1: And did you see Sir Clive Woodward comparing him to Jonah Lomi?
2: Of course we play to see. We're rugger buggers, <laughs> mate. We see everything.
1: What I did you say make of it? What did you make of it? I didn't say did
0: I mean, listen, Joe a singer, is an absolute unit on the wing. He's Fiji, and he's that's his heritage. Comparing him to Joan Lomu is it's a big thing to do because Jonah was you know an absolute hero. He changed the game single handedly, He turned it professional. Yeah, single handedly. No, no so stature wise, you can look at them and go, he's a big old winger that's quick, he's powerful, he's got skills. Okay, but you can't compare him to John Lomery. Who what? said that who said that? Cl- Sir, Clive Woodward. Sir the wor- Clive Woodward. The worst mate. thing for me He's doing my head in. Exactly, isn't it? so the worst Woodward? thing to me about Sir Clive Woodward, he's on TV, he's got Johnny Wilkinson sat next to him. Mate, he loves Johnny, don't he? And he's got Lawrence Dallaglio sat the other side of him, right? And he starts talking about who'd you pick in they were talking about who'd you pick in the team, you know, who'd you pick in the centres, blah blah. He's like this. He's going, yeah, you know, we had this defense coach Phil Larder, and we wanted to pick that lad Johnny at twelve. You remember that lad? That um, that he was a fly half. And this is um, live on TV. This live on TV He's like, <laughs> oh that, he's,
2: my goodness, He's like
0: that fly half. What's his name? What's it? You know, the, the lad from uh, Sale. Big fella, the big fella, the small fa- the bold fella, the
2: ball fella, dark haired fella. The lad
0: from Sale, you know, bold yeah. fella. And he went, and, and Johnny Wilkinson went, Charlie Hodgson. He went, yeah, that's him. Got him. Yeah, Phil Larder wanted to pick him at twelve, but because he couldn't tackle, we wouldn't pick him. I'm like, oh my Clive. Charlie Hodgson is England's record individual points scorer in a game. You've picked him loads. you picked him for the British Lions. He's one of the best Premiership players ever. He's the Premiership points top point scorer. Legend of a bloke. Top. And you like, Bush. You like that? Eliver Bush, actually. Yeah, yeah Five Bush. kids. Northerner. Eleva Bush, five kids as well. Nigel Ray bought Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, well, what's his name again? Oh, Clive. Mate, Clive would right. he, fo- he follows me on Twitter. He does, so he gonna, does to, to me Twitter as well. Him. Have a day off, Clive. He wasn't
1: too happy about Conor O'Shea smiling, was he? Why? What's much?
2: wrong with you, Clive? Leave it, mate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mate, not all, not all of us, Clive, are born winners and guys who've just done everything in the game. They're not all the same as us, Clive. We don't judge
0: people. Well, Clive hasn't done everything.
2: Oh, has he not? It's no, just he, me, he, then. he hasn't won a
3: Lions tour. I just think it's a, for a World Cup-winning coach. I'm surprised a couple of about... bizarre statements to say. Like, compare Cock and a cigar to the guy who changed rugby. And I think, as a coach... You know, go on the pitch before the game, have a smile, have a laugh, enjoy it, because it's It's probably quite a tough job.
0: Pod, 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 pod. <laughs> Rugby pod. We've spoken about Charlie Hodgson this week, and you can check out his interview with Andy Rowe on our Superfans subscription service on patreon.com forward slash the Rugby Pod. Uh, we thought we would play you a quick clip of that now.
5: Then the, there was the World Cup, the the chance to go and play in that 2003 World Cup squad, and you know, got the got the knee injury. Yeah. Ah... Uh, mentally tough was that for you um knowing that you could have been over there and you could now be a world cup winner
6: i, I don't do you know what i don't really dwell on it to be honest yeah i did the i did my knee in the six stations of that year and, and i suppose at that time i was never really guaranteed of being in the squad so i don't look at that and go that was that was a definite mbe definite world cup winner medal <laughs> um so it, it does it bother me do I dwell on it not really I, y- you can't change what's happened of course there were there were moments through that that rehab period of thinking what if but as I say
5: I'm not um I don't look back and go that should have happened to me yeah Johnny Wilkinson um, just banging them off both feet and nailing them on a dime how was it sort of playing in his era as a first five you got one of the greatest first fives ever in your mm. position. How, how tough was that? Did you see that as a as a bonus or as a as a sort of a blocker?
6: It was always a challenge. Don't get me wrong. I think first of all we were quite different players anyway. But I suppose the way I look at it and think if if we were being compared in some respects as to whether I I should or shouldn't have been playing, then I kind of see that as a as a positive because of because of how well thought of he is and the fact that I was competing to play against him. How close I was, I don't know. Only Clyde Woodward not know that. But the fact that. You get talked about in the same breath. For me, is a is a positive thing. So I don't necessarily think that I should have been playing instead of him. It was just um, having the opportunity to train with him and listen to him and, and watch
5: what he did was was brilliant. At the time, I mean, it's easy to look back and say that, but at the time, was there ever any resentment that there was this guy that, as a young guy, you know, the press can get in your head as well, and the willy won't he people. Mm-hmm. You know, getting your head as well. And was there ever a time where there was some sort of resentment where you thought you should be playing and you thought you were? To be honest, no, because I I couldn't I couldn't um, I couldn't argue
6: that case enough to say to say that I should be playing ahead of him. Mm-hmm. As I say, we were different players, and I certainly think if the game was based purely around attack, then they might have picked me. But certainly, the way the game is and was, it's all around defence. You need a strong defence to win anything, uh, and and defence speaks for himself he, mm. he was unbelievable and i i would never ever claim to be as good as in that department because i wasn't and I, I wasn't um so as i say we, we we just brought different strengths to to the team and to the way to, to the way that the the team would play uh, unfortunately for me i was just there at that time when wilco was playing as well
0: you can listen to the full episode of that along with loads of other great content all for less than the price of a pint a month so head over to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod to check it out pod 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 rugby pod well,
1: England's men are still in the hunt for the title this weekend, but they don't have a Grand Slam to play for. The women have their eyes firmly set on the clean sweep, though, and we can have a chat with their captain, Sarah Hunter, now. How are you, Sarah?
7: Hi, yeah, I'm good, thank you.
2: Sarah, great to have you on. Apparently, all the ladies listen to the show. Am I right in saying that?
7: Yeah, of course. Number one podcast in the uh, Red Roses camp. Yes,
2: yes you there know. we guys.
0: Funny enough, we, we bumped into uh, tomorrow Tamara Taylor yesterday in a service station. I was trying to find a salad. Um, and she was having a meeting about coaching uh, and what she's doing at the minute as well. So, you know, I I think the women like to listen to the podcast a little bit.
7: Keeps us entertained on our journeys, you know, when we're travelling down the
0: road.
2: But let's get into a bit of rugby. So you beat Italy 55-0 in front of a crowd over 10,000 people extra at the week, and just talk us through how it went and what it was like playing in front of a record crowd.
7: The crowd was incredible. I mean, in the build-up to the game, you sort of hear about the ticket sales and... Um, momentum really, really did build, and like for us to play in front of that that size crowd, it is phenomenal. Like we played up at Doncaster at the start of um, the Six Nations, which was then a record of four and a half thousand, and that atmosphere was brilliant. But to get ten and a half thousand down at Sandy Park, and yeah, it was just running out. There was like a real buzz and a real energy about it, which certainly did did help us um, throughout the the game, you know. But yeah, the game itself, um, the Italians are a bit different to, to their men's side. You know, they they sat second in the Table when we played them and they were they were unbeaten so we knew they were going to be uh, a real challenge and they're pretty um, emphatic with how they they defend and how they play for one another and it was only seven nil with its 30 minutes um, gone so you know they did really make us work for it and there was a lot of unforced errors that we probably just tried a little bit too too much um too soon. So half time came and we we were twenty eight nil up, which gave us um a real good sounding block for, for the second half in. Um our finishers came on and did a great job to keep that momentum going and ended up with uh, yeah fifty five nil. And I think what was more pleasing was that they did have a lot of opportunities with the ball as well. So our defence really stood stood the, the test which had sort of let us down at little bits during during the rest of the games in the six nations
2: i've never been 28 nil up at half time in a six nations game. <laughs> yeah. i've been 28 nil down i think that's for sure
0: um so just talking about the six nations so far you've won every game pretty convincingly um how's the overall standard at the moment compared to sort of past years is it the fact that england have improved massively and and other teams have stood still because you you girls are on an absolute run at the minute aren't you
7: yeah, um, we're we're in a really good place. Uh we we've got we've got a young, dynamic squad, um if, apart from a few of us all senior players that are guiding them along the way, you Always know? need but, the old uh, pros, that's yeah, all we abso- need. <laughs> Absolutely. Um we just roll us out when we when we need to get a bit more bit more time to, to recover and rest. But uh the women's game isn't a, a good place. I think like I said, Italy have, like developed over the years, and they fit sit second. Well, they did sit second, and they're now third and they're having the best run of of the time. I think a lot of teams were. In transition after the 2017 World Cup, and are probably still in that phase. And I'd like to see next year um, teams that have have had uploading new players really start to to turn that corner. And even like France, um, France were a really um, difficult opposition for us at, at the start of the Six Nations. But I think the first half that we had against them um, just blew them away first. First 40 minutes, and they did come back in the second half. But we've done enough in the first half. But I think that was purely based on the fact of the disappointment that we had against them last year when they beat us in the last minute of the game to to win the Six Nations. So I think that fueled a lot of our a lot of um, our performance. But the, the game is certainly at a, a, a different level to where it has been you know France have got semi-professional contracts Scotland have got um, a handful of professional contracts we're obviously now full-time New Zealand are full-time so there is a lot more investment being put into the to the women's game to hopefully drive that standard forward
3: Sarah so we're just going to ask you about the transition uh, onto full-time contracts um, how big a difference has that been for you guys?
7: Yeah the decision was absolutely huge I didn't think it was going to happen in Um, My rugby um, career, uh, I thought it would come eventually, um, but it's brilliant that I've been able to be involved and fortunate to have the opportunity to to be professional. Um, I'm not quite sure we've really seen the full extent of it yet and really benefited from it um, at the moment because... Usually during the Six Nations, even when we weren't professional, we were in and out of camp quite a lot. So I think once once we've done the Six Nations and we go into a more regular professional environment, I think the benefit will be seen and I think we'll start to understand what professional rugby life is all about.
0: So, just looking at the squad, um, some of our listeners or all of our listeners actually like to get a bit of insight into the players and stuff. So, we always yeah. like to the characters, the characters. Yeah, yeah. we like to quiz, <laughs> we we like to quiz. them. <laughs> exactly, we like to quiz uh, our guests on some of their teammates and stuff like that. Uh, so, some quick fire questions: um, <laughs> Who's the worst to share a room with and why? It can be hygiene. I, I hate sharing with Jim. Jim's got horrendous hygiene. The... You're lying. He I... doesn't I even clean got... his teeth. You know, just well, I, don't I don't brush my teeth don't know. this morning. Uh...
7: And I th- I've heard, not that I've shared with her, but Cass O'Donnell are um, like like literally like no sound on after nine o'clock, TV off, lights off. She's asleep. So unless you're an early bird, you don't want to share with with her. Otherwise, you'll be sat in the room in silence and darkness, so Cass can go to sleep.
2: I, I like how you've covered yourself there by saying you've heard. That's that, that's smart. <laughs> but but just tell us some of the characters that you've played with that are in the game now.
7: Um, we've got some some real characters with, within our squad. Um Molly Packer is probably you'll probably hear her before you see her because she just brings this energy and um to to the team and she's always got something to say um regardless what it is. She's in charge of our compete to win um sort of competition where we're all um in teams, like there's four teams and she's like the director of of the of the compete to win where we have play different games and win like points and there's an overall leaderboard and yeah, she's pretty ruthless when it comes to comes to that. Um we've got the gaming squad at like, currently at the minute, um, Abby Scott, my roommate, she often I'm like, where's she gone? and she'll be gaming. Um Poppy Cleal, Hannah Bottman, Sarah Byrne. and They've given themselves like um, one's a circle, a triangle, a square, and a cross. And you'll have seen sometimes uh, their their celebrations when they get them. They'll do their, their own symbol and try and find each other after it. I so, saw that actually so, I, against yeah. uh,
0: Italy on on uh, on Sunday.
7: Yeah. So they've got um they've got that going. Mo Hunt is in charge of uh, the changing room music, so uh, that's always a a bit of an interesting. Uh, Hot topic of conversation about different people's types of music uh, that go on.
3: What sort of tunes are normally on?
7: Well, this is where most kind of opened up because now, obviously, with Spotify, it's uh you can you can add to a playlist. So she's created a playlist. So we've got like. Hardcore drum bass, eighties music, Ed Sheeran, all sorts of, uh, all sorts of eclectic mix of uh, of music going on. And uh, you often, someone finds the the phone and skips it, and then that causes outrage with with people if it's their song that they have chosen. What about <laughs> some
0: blue or five?
7: As, you know. Yeah, the, that 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 often makes it on. If you, you know. Get the, down. Well, there, that's yeah. showing yeah. your age way. Way. Oh, sorry. You know what? Actually, we um. So you obviously have first cap songs on the on the bus, but we haven't got many of them at the at the minute. Or we've got so now there's, we've bought introducing new stuff for entertainment. So like if you score a try, or get a man the match, or anything in particular, that Mo Hunt is also the the D the DJ at the front. So. There was a rendition of Five for having scored a, a try on on Saturday. Um, I'm not sure some of the players are in our team uh, actually know who Five are because they're too young to understand. Well, that's Ed- a just great. Ed- and,
2: them, well, that's yeah. a space. If you don't know Five, that is an absolute. I I stra- went
3: to school with, with Richie from Five. Educate yeah, them. Yeah, oh, I, I claims to fame. That Spotify playlist. You don't know the username off the top of your head, so uh, all the listeners could get a wee follow and just uh, get the buzz on.
7: Something I think it's like red roses or something, something along that those lines to do with England rugby. Well, even as a Scottish a red fan, red rose nation, Six Nations or something, something. I'm going, I'm
1: tweet effective. it. Tweet I'm it, going, Sarah yeah. can Tweet it. And uh, he's he's the best on a night out, Sarah. That's what we really want to know. He's the, yeah, he's big the
7: best on a night out. Rachel Burford is is um, mm. she's she's half Polish, so she's um. Uh, a good... Yeah, the, she can. She can. She can handle a drink, and uh, she's she's usually the fines master at court. She's normally in charge of that, so she always um, brings a good court session at the end of tour. That's for certain.
2: We should have brought all these things in when I played in the Six Nations. We might have won. We might have won a game, Sarah. That's all I know.
7: Helps from morale.
2: <laughs> and uh, back to the rugby. Scotland at the
1: weekend, going for the going for the Grand Slam. Am right in saying you made your debut against them, at old Albanians,
2: twelve years hey, ago? That's so. where we trained with Saracens. There you go. It's going to be a bit yeah, different on Saturday, isn't it? It's.
7: it's very different certainly over the 12 years i've been lucky enough to be involved it's changed significantly so you know to to finish a, a six nations and possibly a grand slam at twickenham i think is is the absolute ultimate and it's really good for us to to be there and play after the men and hopefully generate that and if um, Ireland can do us a favour in Cardiff, then England men can, can still be on to, to win the Six Nations as well. And um, yeah, anyone that anyone that wants to, to come and watch, it's, it's free to get in after the men's game. So you don't need a ticket. You can just turn up and, and come and hopefully cheer us on to a, a Grand Slam Six Nations.
0: We'll be there. Jim and I will be there, won't we, Jim? Yeah, we will.
1: Thanks, Sarah. Uh, good luck on Saturday, and if anyone listening is free uh, on Saturday night, head down to Twickenham and uh, and watch the guys. Hopefully, uh, hopefully seal the Grand Slam.
7: Brilliant. Thank you. Good luck, Cheers, Sarah. Thanks for coming Thanks on. Thanks very much. Cheers. See you Thanks,
2: later. Bye bye. How cool is it that she knew me? Did she? Well, did she? Yeah, she does. She don't follow me on social, so she's like one of them. Like, as in, she like
0: she knows me. I mean, it's kind Jim's of like blind again. follows me. Next thing you know, Jim's going to say Scotland are going to beat England at Twickenham on Saturday. It's
2: nice to have a, woman, play. A, a woman's perspective. Yeah good woman good woman <laughs> good woman you know it's one of them the women's game is growing it's we're huge. growing we're evolving and it's great to have a different voice on there that just tells us tells us how it is you need a good spotify if you are and... getting
0: down baby i
2: want it now baby oh my god baby
0: down. i want it now baby, baby. Five wiggy so wiggy big.
2: i'm getting jiggy come to the man the keys to my city
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's amazing 10,000 people uh, extra the atmosphere it was on uh, on the box it was it was Unbelievable to see, actually. And it's great for the girls. Obviously, they've got full-time contracts now. And the standard of rugby, though, is you watch it now. Jim, you and I wouldn't get anywhere near tackling some of them. Mate, they are proper athletes.
2: Wait, why, are you, why are you bringing work. me into it? Well, because you're as shit as I was. So, oh, my well, God. There we go. My favourite player is Emily Scarrett. She's my favourite.
1: Uh, Ireland, Darren. Straightforward win over France. But they, they let them
2: back in at the end, didn't they?
1: It, was it a case of resting the big guns towards the end, and then that's where it
2: all where they came back into it? I yeah. wanted to see France... Get nailed, so badly yeah, it I so glad they did. That a good
3: one. It. It? it was funny to, to back what we said about the Scotland game and Ireland consistently just kick for corner, kick for corner. Goody you probably didn't watch the game, but um, we had about five five shots, yeah, to it go, no, go. I saw it. and uh, they like, just kept going to the corner and it wasn't kept, working, yeah, and you'd thought and it got to that stage, you know, where eventually Sexton oh. does a run around and scores a try. So I did watch the game, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, mate. what a try by the way.
2: Uh, Is it uh, just on that try, KV? Sorry to cut you off, but it's very important for me for my rugby knowledge,
3: yes, undefendable. Very hard to defend if it's executed like that. Red Ring give the wee blind pass. It's Jordan the Lemur-Larmers line. That's the one. And the uh, yeah, Uge just gets a wee bit higher and he turns his shoulders in. I think he runs into Fiku in the end. Yeah. It looks like a bit of a shambles. It's, that is a very hard uh, play to defend. Knew it. I currently. knew
0: it. Mate, easy way to defend that play. What? Fly off the line and fucking smoke someone. You All know, right, what?
2: They've... All right, you big smoker. I'm, like, talking... What
0: a... Mate, I'm talking. I'm talking from the sidelines now. That's what you'd be yeah. saying because the only if you stand off and watch that play, you plant your feet. And when you're on your own try line, I think you just got to go and pick a man and say, "My man," and you pick the smallest one and try and smoke him.
3: Yeah, that, I think if if they if they get off the line a bit harder and rush Ringrose, Ringrose yeah. needs a second on the ball yeah. for to give Johnny time to get round. Then uh, if he makes him play early or just smashes him, then the Lemurs' line is going to be useless, and Uj can push through. But France don't do defense, so no. Jouet. <laughs> they don't do. Defense. Did you notice Gouzier in the Wales game? Pascal Guzier. So someone was down injured. And it was when Bigger was on, and he was trying to hurry him up. So, Bigger didn't want to kick the touch. Yeah. And because someone was down injured, and he was trying to make him play. And he goes, and he said, are you kick at the ball. you are kick at the balls. <laughs> I said, <laughs> <laughs> he did. He, he, listens, he actually mate. said those words. He listens I was, to the balls. Like, he listens mate. To the he's, ball. he's,
0: he he's tweeted me. He said, He loves the accent. He loves Jim's commentary. You'll kick at the balls. And we and then they kick the balls.
1: Yeah. Did Ireland look like they were somewhere near back to their best? Well, Sexton and Murray were on the pitch where they still well, still Sexton, getting better.
2: Well, Sexton didn't stay down, did he?
1: No, I
3: don't play, know. Did, Played well. Yeah, he did, did well. Speeds, yeah. um, like it's going to be a tough game for them this week. The biggest chance. The reason that thinks makes me think Ireland have a chance is I just think we've got a massive performance in us. Those first three games, uh, we were so poor. Played a lot better against France, but I still think, you know, when you're playing crap but winning. There's still, no. no. <laughs> no, <mate. laughs> there's still a massive there's still uh well you do from Saris not yeah, from Scotland true. they still have a massive performance in them here's a question do you reckon Joe
0: Schmidt regrets picking Robbie Henshaw at fullback and not the Llama against England
3: publicly he would I, I don't think he would come out and say look that was a mistake uh, I think it was the wrong decision I love Llama yeah he's like he's, he's a good his, his, his feet are electric
2: Llama and the horse See what I've
0: done there?
3: No. Okay.
2: Yeah,
0: you No want one's to ever that, no, would you? No, I don't think no.
3: anyone's ever shouted out Llama and the horse.
0: <laughs> no.
2: That's what they should do on commentary. Now, the horse. <laughs> Who's the horse? The horse is trotting down the wing. Stockdale, that's what they call him, the horse. Yeah. Trotting down the, the, the wing. And then someone jumps off his back and jumps onto the llama's back, and the llama runs into the woods under the sticks.
0: Oh, Jim. Oh, day in the life of Jim Hamilton. I've seen two days. It's been horrendous.
1: Speaking of which, let's get on to uh, previewing round five now. And we'll start at Twickenham with a Calcutta Cup preview, which is brought to you by Mitsubishi Motors, proud partner of Scottish and England rugby. And you guys brought the Calcutta Cup itself
2: down, didn't you? Yes, we did. We crossed the border. Two we d- days
0: in a Mitsubishi Shogun sport with Jim Hamilton. I mean, he's like, every five minutes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> he hasn't brushed his teeth. It's protein, Goody, though. I is. just feel
0: sorry for the Calcutta Cup in the back to be honest. It's protein. Yeah, we drove it down. We, did, we had a few fun, day, a couple of fun days, didn't we? Mate, we
2: had a couple of great days. I, I, it just, I felt The minute I stepped over, I felt sick the minute I stepped over the border. And he's lived in Scotland for three weeks. So <laughs> I mean, how deluded are you? But speaking of where you're from, you took
1: the Calcutta Cup to Cov. Is that the first time it's ever been to Cov? I'd say so. Yeah,
2: maybe, yeah. Maybe we did turn up two hours late. The poor kids at Barker Butts, our old rugby club, were out there. Nothing we could do. We were delayed. Genuinely, someone had ran over a sheep I don't, <laughs> in the borders. And they said the sheep was from Wales. I mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't say. it. I didn't want to get into details about the sheep. But we were two hours delayed, and the poor kids were out, but they waited, I got a hero's welcome, you know, and then they thought I'd just brought me fat mate from, <laughs> from school, but it was <laughs> actually Andy A little bit different, he was, he's dressed in his skirt, in his kilt. Some kids said, oh, what's it? what bum bag's that, I was like, it's not a bum bag, it's a bloody sporran. It's just this fake Scottish <laughs> guy rocking up.
0: Yeah, no, so we went to, did a load of content with John Bartley, didn't we, um, and there's all these pictures around Murrayfield of... The legends that have played the greats, for the, the greats. Um, not one picture of Jim Hamilton, I might add. You didn't go in the changing room, uh, we did, mate. No, you didn't. John go... Barkley and I went in, we had a look around, absolutely nothing.
2: He, he had to drive, he drove the, the last leg. I mean, from Edinburgh to the border wasn't too long, but it's a long way from the border all the way down to London. That's and he was what... like, Are you gonna drop? No, no, this is part of it. So the Calcutta Cup strapped in the back, jiggling away, and yeah, we've dropped it off. We've dropped it off at Twickenham today, which felt slightly weird, mate. Did not know Calcutta Cup's from India. Apparently. Well, I don't know whether it's from India, but it's... Well, there's snakes on there, and someone said that... The clue
0: might be in the name. What? Calcutta. Do you know where that is? Absolutely no idea. You can tell he's never won it, can't you? <laughs> you can tell you've never won the Calcutta Goody's Cup. We don't walking, know the history of it. Mate,
2: Goody's walking around with this Calcutta Cup, like, literally peacocking belly hanging out everywhere, <laughs> knockers down by the side of his knees, <laughs> and he's walking around peacocking and twicking him, and everyone's like, who's this fat bloke carrying this cup? The security guard. Oh, he's such um, a good deflector, isn't he? he is. Oh, so he easy. He's, he's on he him. Is. He just says something
3: about the goodies others, and like, away
0: we go. Jim's played in eight Calcutta Cups, won <laughs> absolutely none. Oh, there he so is. So I had to introduce him to it. Got, he, he, was, he was getting selfies with it.
2: But it's good. That content's going to go out in the next couple of days. We're going to share it, and we even had Jason Robinson on the phone as well. That's legendary, eh? You're welcome, he called me.
1: You were talking about taking selfies and uh, peacocking. It seems Eddie Jones and the England players may not have forgotten the celebrations of last year
0: in Edinburgh. And rightly so, and I haven't forgotten them either, because Jim's been, every week he's saying, oh, Scotland put 100 points on England. Well, it's coming home to roost, young James, isn't it?
2: i see what you've done there. It's coming home
0: to it's roost. roost.
2: Peacock. Well, roost, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and Eddie's borrowed another phrase from you guys as well, hasn't he? He says, we can't let them pull our pants down. He phoned me actually and said he listens to the pod, he loves it. You know, he's not going to pick Cipriani because we talk him up too much. But, you know, it just proves. Paul Gustard said it on Sunday as well that Quinn's had their pants pulled down by Gloucester. I mean, I've never heard more of the truth spoken. They didn't didn't go into the far reaches of Jim's mind and talk about pants on the head, skid marks on the outside, the dogs in the dog's mouth, out the dog's mouth. But, yeah, I mean.
2: It shows, doesn't it, how in a, a year. And we can we can have a crack about it and talk about the dominance that Scotland had in last year's game and the year. I've just had a great year. It's been a great year for me. I it really has. And did we over celebrate? You're bloody right, we did. Did Goody wear a kilt down Prince's Street? You're bloody right, he did. Was it like a zombie apocalypse on the street? Yes, it was. Are the boys absolutely fucked off the back of it now? Yes, they are. Because they've got loads of injuries and they did over celebrate. And it's. I'm
0: so scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so worried. Well, you've been saying, oh, we put 100 points on you, then it's 80. Then well, it 60, I think, then well, it, was I think oh, it was 30, weren't it? I what don't if, know, Goody Whatever be... it is, there's, you, know, you look at the game now and loads of injuries for Scotland, but yeah, two of the big is. losses. John Barkley and Ryan Wilson, who were huge in that game last year. Probably Scotland's two best players on the day. I know Finn Russell played well. Hugh Jones did well as well. The names that are missing for Scotland, they haven't got hope in hell of winning this game. And I I don't mean that to be too arrogant, too disrespectful. They've not won a game at Twickenham uh, against England since 1983. 36 years. Jim was in nappies. Jim was just born. I wasn't in a nappy though. I was out of a nappy after a month, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's... It's going to be horrendously difficult for them. You know, England have they've not forgotten that. Eddie Jones. And Eddie Jones is ramping it up in the press. But just imagine what he's saying. I bet he's gutted, actually, Ryan Wilson not playing because Ryan Wilson started the scrap in the tunnel, didn't he? The, the England boys hate him.
2: Absolutely hate him.
0: Yeah, good, but, He's a good lad, though. Oh, he is, mate, is? he's a
2: top lad. He's yeah. a top lad. He, 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 he loves the crack as well. You look at it, frankly. I think Scotland are put in a performance, you know. I think they'll surprise a few people. You mentioned the back row. Obviously,
1: they are missing Barkley. They are missing Wilson. But how good was Hamish Watson? Smaller Jim
2: Hamilton.
0: How good was that carry? He's been saying this for two days, right? And I've now convinced myself. (laughs) He's now convinced himself that when Jim Hamilton played, he played very similar to Hamish Watson. I mean, not, not stop all the disrespecting time. Hamish Watson. No, it was what I Why are you being like so horrible? I had about Carrey,
2: him. Carrey like Hamish that.
0: Watson's player, and you're putting him in the same bracket as you.
2: How good was it when he came on? He sat Hadley Parks down, handed off Alan Wynne Jones, partridge your pear tree, went through Kenno. He went through the ref, and then he was on his way to the try line. <laughs> That's a Scottish performance right there. They've got him back. And can he... Well, he's definitely going to make a huge difference. That is for sure. Because he's an unbelievable
0: tackler as well. And he'll be chopping down the big fellas. That's the thing. So with him and players like McAnally, who is quality as well. He's awesome, yeah. I just, my, my issue for them is I, the physicality, the size of the England ball carriers. I, I just can't see how Scotland can make inroads. The issue they've
2: got as well is they're patching players together. Are Scotland going to win? It's highly unlikely. It's a performance. I, I just don't think it will be as easy as England, mate. KV, please help me out here. What you? Th- you're, you're, <laughs> you're shaking your head. Do you think Scotland are going to win? Fifty.
3: I think. Uh, I think Scotland can sort of shock England, but only for a little bit in the game. I think it's going to be one of those games where Scotland have a couple of good patches and it's quite close, and then they end up shipping a few. I'm not talking fifty sixty. I'm talking. I think England will win. Uh, the the full time score scoreline will be comfortable. And England will win bonus point.
0: It's going to be interesting. So emotion plays a massive part in a game, doesn't it? Whatever game it is, it plays a huge part. Now, England are going into that game, kicking off the game, knowing that either Wales have won the Grand Slam, and there will be, oh, you know, it'll be like a, a Sevens Festival. We can we can afford to just lob it around now, and Finn Russell has got that ability to do that for Scotland. Or it'll really piss them off, and they'll remember last year, and it'll be 60 points. Or, if we've got the Championship on the line, it could be quite an edgy game. It, hard one to call it, and a lot of it depends on the result that finishes down in in Cardiff.
1: So let's get your predictions on the big one in Cardiff as well then. Who's going to win that?
2: Toughest one to call out of all of the games this Championship. On with KV, I reckon Ireland have got a huge performance in them. I've not been impressed with Ireland at all really. You know, their big players, haven't been at the very best level that they have. England have obviously stood out. Wales have stood out as a team and the way that they've defended. If I had to call the game, I think Wales are going to win because they've got the edge. They're at home. And there's loads of subplots around the game, isn't there? Obviously, Gatlin's last Six Nations, Joe Smith's last Six Nations, potentially Rory Bess's last Six Nations, and you've got all these little subplots that just add. I mean, what an absolute belter. Speaking of the uh, Wales-Ireland
1: game, if anyone's around in Dublin on Thursday night, there's a uh, Wales for Ireland preview event on with friend of the pod, Andy Powell, Fergus McFadden, Luke Fitzgerald at Kennedy's pub. So check out eventbrite.co.uk if you fancy going along to that. And don't forget, you can catch all this year's Six Nations action on rugbypass.com if you're in Asia. And wherever you are
2: in the world, you can watch the video version of this pod on there as well. Yes, you can.
1: Should have a very quick word about the Premiership?
2: Oh, let's talk about the premate. Eh? What happened to Quinn's? I don't know why I'm being I don't know, what, I know why I'm being horrible. You're tired, Jim. No, you? I don't want to get the tattoo on my ass. That's yes, it. You do. So I'm watching the Gloucester game, all rugged out, knew that it was going to be a lot of rugger going on. And I was sat there with a smile on my face at half time and thought there was absolutely no chance. I'm hoping that Quinn's come back. Gloucester, fair play.
1: And not only the result, but what did you make of Marcus Smith being called into the England squad, Danny Cipriani not? I know it's red rag to a bull with with you potentially, Goody. <laughs> it's <bit>. very bizarre. I <laughs> mean,. <laughs>
0: Here's the facts, right? Danny Cipriani starts for Gloucester, plays unbelievably well, scoring tries, creating tries. Ridiculous. Kicking. Mark- Marcus Smith on the bench for Quinn's, can't get in the starting team. And then Eddie Jones names his 31 man squad. Oh, I'm going to call up a third choice fly half just to give him some training time. I've got nothing against Marcus Smith. I think he's a wonderful talent and he's burst onto the scene really well. But he's talking about the cycle of the World Cup for 2023. I mean, Eddie
2: ain't gonna be there in 2023. Eddie,
0: why don't you just pick Cipriani or just tell us he like him. you're not picking him because you don't like him? Just be honest. Ridiculous. Maybe
2: he doesn't like that Kiki dance he did. You know, like, Kiki, do you, you know, know me? me. How
0: are you hiring? Yeah, that he That's
2: did that it. one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so that was a big result of the weekend, in the, in terms of the top four, but probably the biggest result of the weekend, Goody, Newcastle,
0: away it was. Yes. If there's ever a team that I'm happy about beating wasps. In the state they're in at the minute, it's Newcastle.
2: Especially yeah, because Desperado. I helped them stay up.
0: I helped them stay up years ago. I haven't mentioned it three years ago. But no, you talk about. It says Warren Gatlin talks about Wales. They, they've forgotten how to lose games. Wasps don't know how to win games at the minute. They're low on confidence. Loads of players out, injured players being picked for England, etc., etc. And you know, it, it's been a struggle this year. They played some good stuff. They should have won the game. You know, they're in possession of the ball with two minutes to go, or whatever, and then you know, winning the game they end up getting a, an easy penalty, and I think it was uh, Will Rollins gave a penalty away for not rolling away, and it was... okay get I, it? <laughs> Will, <laughs> you couldn't write it. Will Rollins
2: just didn't roll away.
0: Simple as that. Um, All Will thing. needs to do is roll and away. <laughs> there you go, James. Um, and, you know, for credit to Newcastle, stayed in the fight, and it just makes that relegation battle now. And you look at the two run-ins, right. Newcastle have got a... Easier running than Worcester if it is going to be a head to head because obviously Bristol got the victory, and there's one team down there as well that might not like the look of the league at the moment. Leicester, are third from bottom, they are.
1: They've also conceded 59 tries this season, which is more than they've ever conceded in a Premiership
2: campaign. Why been horrible? Why, are you being horrible, <laughs> mate? What? Why, His why mate's the defence coach. Stick why? No, 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 Phil Blake. Phil Blake's defence coach, mate. Yeah. Just blame him.
0: You know Leicester. You know we're talking about them being third from bottom. They could also win a couple and. Push themselves back in towards top four, top six.
2: The most hotly contested Gallagher premiership we've ever seen. It's so exciting. I'm so excited.
1: Right. Any rumours, guys?
2: Oh, mate. A good one, actually, if it's true. Rugby pass broken news on Manu to Alangi going to Racing. I thought Manu was going to go to Racing. We're hearing that he's staying at Leicester, which I think is fair play to you, mate. I know me and Goody spoke about it. There's no loyalty. I think that that's a good thing for Manu if that comes out.
0: Everyone in England hopes he stays in England. And... I presume if he stays in England, he's only going to sign like at Leicester. Come on, Manu, please stay. Other rumours: Alex King. What? Kinga, linga, Perhaps leaving Montpellier and becoming the Ireland backs coach post World Cup. Nice under Andy Farrell. That's good. That's a good rumour. King is a top bloke.
3: And let you... him know I'm Irish, will you?
0: Oh, well, I'll <laughs> let him know. I'll let him know you want a contract. Dave Rennie potentially taken over from Michael Checker. Man, I,
2: I can't believe Dave Rennie's getting thrown about like this. He's just re-signed at Glasgow. Yeah. You know, there was talk of him going to Leicester. There was talk of the All Blacks job. I'll be, I'll be disappointed if he leaves Glasgow, having agreed terms.
1: Is that Kibberigi? Is he going to Wasps, Goody?
2: Uh, no comment. Jim, <laughs> heard anything, Jim? Well, there we go. That I think Goody says it all. No comment it means he's going. <laughs>
1: Right, let's get into the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by the guys at Budgie Smuggler. Summer's coming, and that means it's the season to be smuggling. They've got a deal for all rugby Pod listeners, just quote Pod, and they'll do a custom design for you free of charge if you put in a minimum order of 10 units. Or if you just want one of their standard range, then enter the code RugbyPod when you get to the checkout at budgiesmuggleruk.com, and that'll give you free overnight shipping.
0: Yeah, plenty of good this week. Um, where do we start? We'll start off... With a nice story, and it's all about someone. We talk about Lorty in the game, and there isn't much. Um, but Topsy Ojo made his 300th appearance for London Irish at the weekend. How he's we still running. Fair play to him. Um, he used to have monster wheels, and he's about 44 now, but he's still going. <laughs> made his 300th appearance for London Irish. Fair play to him. What else was good this week? Jack from the Joining Jack charity that Owen Farrell supports leading in England out with... The captain, uh, a lovely touch. You know, Owen Farrell's put a lot of time and effort into uh, for joining Jack, so absolutely brilliant to see him at Twickenham. Sticking at Twickenham, Joe Thock and a singer. Eight carries, 107 metres made, five clean breaks, one-handed offloads everywhere. Absolutely ridiculous. Him and Manu were brilliant at times. That was pretty good. Um, we spoke to Sarah Hunter earlier. England was England's women, they feature in the good this week for getting to the brink of a Grand Slam. And to everyone in Exeter who went to the game, 10,545 people at Sandy Park, making it the biggest ever crowd for a standalone women's rugby game outside of France. Outstanding work. Uh, the Red Roses are going well. Come on, the girls. What else was good? Newcastle, we didn't necessarily mention them too much, but uh, they got their victory at the Rico Arena, which closes the gap, doesn't it, in the relegation battle. Gloucester's performance away at Harlequins, really cementing their place in the top four and how much of a threat they can become semi-finals time but the goo this week we're sticking in the premiership and it goes to joe batley from bristol uh he made his premiership debut a couple of weeks ago and is now a premiership try scorer after battling back from hodgkin lymphoma which left him barely able to walk following chemotherapy and radiotherapy treatment so what an inspiration that is going through something as tough as he has battling back from that getting into the Bristol team, making his debut, and now he's a Premiership try scorer Joe Batley, tip of the hat to you. Well done, my friend. The bad, a few bad things this week, actually. Um, and we'll start with rumours of the RFU axing the England Sevens team to save money by merging them with Wales and Scotland and playing as Great Britain on the World Series. No need for that. Let's just stick to England, Wales, and Scotland individually. I know Great Britain go to the Olympics as Great Britain, but uh, that's pretty bad. If that is true, Rob Howley and Sean Edwards high-five attempt. Absolutely shocking. Sean Edwards just leaves his hand in the air, gets left hanging, takes it down, then Rob Howley goes to smack it, and he smacks him on the back. Uh, Shocking high-five skills. They'll be practising that this week, I'm sure. Uh, But the bad this week goes to Sir Clive Woodward and his criticism of Conor O'Shea for smiling before the match and forgetting England's record point scorer in an individual game in Charlie Hodgson. So the bad this week goes to Sir Clive Woodward. Ugly. Well, there's a few ugly things this week, and we're going to start off in... Australia. The Sydney Morning Herald have reported and made allegations that three players might have been involved in fixing an Australia game a few years ago. Match fixing in rugby? That is ugly. Uh, what else was ugly? Chili Boy Ralapele allegedly failing another drugs test. His third one that he's failed. What are you doing? Say no to drugs. It's not on. Uh, but the ugly this week's got to go to Michael Rhodes, dropping the shoulder on Levi Douglas's head, going for a clear out. Not happy with that. No need for it. Michael Rhodes, this week, he gets the ugly.
1: Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, KV. And thanks to everyone for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter. And if you fancy leaving us a quick review on iTunes too, it only takes a minute and we'll read out the best one on the show next week. And uh, send out a rugby pod cap, won't we? Yes, we will. Of course
0: we will. Where's
2: mine? Oh mate, well, I'll get you one.
1: Check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod two if you fancy hearing Jim's story about Jeffrey Bungle and other great content and we'll be back with another pod next week. Rugby pod.
2: Pod
1: Pod Pod Pod.